0: mountain Hi Joni. Hi listeners, welcome back to the Catholic Traveler podcast, the daily edition of the podcast where we bring you to the station churches of Rome during Lent. And today is another solemnity. It's the solemnity of the Annunciation, which follows shortly after St. Joseph's Day, and so if you didn't get enough partying on St. Joseph's Day, you have another excuse to party today. So, it's probably I mean, if you really think about it, I know Easter's the biggest feast of the church, but the incarnation is I don't know, I'm kind of sad it's not a holy day of obligation because this is a enormous feast day and I think it just gets looked over too often.
1: Yeah, it's a big deal.
0: Yeah. I mean the word became flesh and dwelt among us today. So if you go to daily mass, which you should go to mass today if you can, you will genuflect at the creed. So the creed will be prayed, it's a solemnity and you will genuflect at those words um remembering the incarnation so it's just a good good feast day so go celebrate
1: i agree i look forward to visiting the chapel of the annunciation again when we can travel
0: oh yeah, yeah. it's funny because my first thought was where <laughs> 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 but uh yeah it's in another country oh yeah we'll have to do yeah we have lots of holy land podcasts we can do but yeah, that's a, a very, very amazing, beautiful old spot, to yeah. use all of our words. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, so,
1: today we're in Rome. Today's church isn't quite as old. No. Yes,
0: we're in Rome. It's not quite as historic, life-changing, life-altering, history-altering as the N- Annunciation, but it's still a pretty good church that most people walk by and have never been inside.
1: I've only been in a couple times. Same. Well,
0: I've only been in once.
1: Together for a a massive Thanksgiving for one of your seminarians.
0: Yes, my personal seminarians.
1: That was my, (laughs) I think that was my second time in, and then I've been in there for, no, I think I've been in there for Holy Thursday a couple times, Altars of Repose. Um, Oh, nice. But yeah, this church is Sant'Apollinari. It is at the top of Piazza Navona almost next door to one of our first churches, San Agostino, where St. Monica's buried. Um, It's attached to the Santa Croce University. So it's kind of their private chapel. It's not, oh, not private chapel. It's their chapel, I guess. It's not always open, um, but it's it's pretty. So,
0: So it's funny, when we were talking about this podcast ahead of time, we were kind of looking at the week, and I was like, oh, I've never been to this church. And Mountain was like, we've been there together. And I really just thought this chapel, this basilica was the chapel for the Opus Dei College next door, Santa Croce. I had no idea it was a station church when we were there. And um, it's just kind of funny. It's this amazing basilica. And I'm like, oh, I just thought that was the chapel of Santa Croce. But um, it is this ancient, well, it's it's been restored, but um, renovated, I should say. But it is um, one of the station churches. And it's just funny that I just thought it was a chapel. I had something else to say, but I've lost my train of thought. So let's move on.
1: Um, okay. <laughs> so it's, Well,
0: so – oh, go, go, go ahead. On. No, go ahead. No, no.
1: I was just going to say it's dedicated to a martyr who was a disciple of St. Peter. Um, he was the first bishop of Ravenna, which is in northern Italy, kind of near Venice. He converted a lot of people. He was persecuted. He was arrested three times, thrown out of the city. Arrested again, beaten, left for dead, and eventually died. So again, it's one of those early martyrs who they had a hard time killing, but eventually he died, um, suffered a lot. So this church is dedicated to him. And it's not a saint you hear about very often.
0: No, although, I mean, he was probably ordained and made bishop by St. Peter himself. So St. Peter was in Antioch before um, he came to Rome, and so he was probably made bishop by Peter and it's he's actually in the canon mentioned so we're very familiar with the roman canon most people when they think of the the Latin Rite, they think of the Roman canon coming from Rome. There used to be a number of different canons, and because there were a number of different rites. So it's not rites like the Byzantine Rite, but there would be masses that were like centralized in Milan, or there's a Dominican canon, a Dominican Rite Mass. So anyway, there used to be a canon of the Mass from Milan, there was the Milanese Mass. Um, those were all kind of suppressed a little bit now they're coming uh, making a comeback. but he's mentioned in the canon of the mass of Milan because he's very up you know up north of Italy he's much more a more common saint because he was um, really Ravenna's probably only martyr. So it's kind of funny he's in the canon. We've talked a lot about the Roman Canon and the martyrs of the Roman canon. He would have been in the Canon of the Milanese mass so um, maybe we can insert him in our in our little Canon pilgrimage just for fun. But, um, but he has a connection to Peter, but it's he's not a saint that we really talk about.
1: No. but now that you mentioned the Milanese Canon, maybe we can do a Milanese Canon pilgrimage one day.
0: and then end in Milan. Yeah, just go around Milan, <laughs> yeah.
1: looking for these guys.
0: I like it. So it's actually called like the Apollinare at the baths of Nero because uh, Nero's baths were in this area, but we don't really mention that because we don't like to name churches after Nero. So um, so it does have ancient roots, but today the church itself doesn't look ancient. It was renovated um, most recently by Fuga, who did the facade of St. Mary Major, and Fuga renovated it at his own expense. He wouldn't take payment for renovating this church. So it was renovated in the 18th century. So it, it doesn't really look as ancient as some of the other station churches.
1: Oh, it looks brand new, like from the outside, yeah. just
0: which is probably why I didn't realize it was a station church. And I was just like, oh, it's a Chapel of Santa Croce. So, But a lot of history here. So Ignatius, so it was always kind of connected to a college or a seminary. And then Ignatius of Loyola was given the property to uh, educate German-speaking priests to go back to Germany. And so there was a German college here for a while until the Jesuits were suppressed and then some lay, like, not lay priests, but like secular priests who weren't part of a religious order ran the college, and then someone else came and ran another college. And then most recently, it was given to Opus Dei to run, as we've mentioned, Santa Croce. So it was always kind of connected to colleges um, in various religious orders. But when it was the German college, it was known for its music and its study of music. And so a young Mozart actually came here with his father when he was doing his European tour, and um, there's some the records of the annals of the German College talk about this young boy comes with his father to play the piano or harpsichord, I guess, and um, it was here. It was Mozart when he was like 12. Um, so it's kind of there's a lot of really neat history here, um, even if it's not like apostolic history.
1: Yeah, that's pretty cool. Anytime yeah. Mozart comes and plays at your church, that's a big deal. Yeah. So. There is a chapel here with an icon. And during the sack of Rome in 1527, um, some priests covered it, this fresco, to protect it so that it wouldn't be destroyed. And it's kind of funny that it was forgotten for about 100 years. And then an earthquake shook free some of the lime that they used to cover it. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's back there. So you can see that nearby as well. But I love stories like that, how things get hidden and then... People forget for a hundred years, or sometimes several hundred years, and then God's like, "No, no, you need to see this again." So here's an earthquake for yeah. you.
0: Yeah, I was reading that she was invoked like it's considered kind of a miraculous icon, partly because of this, right? Whenever something survives and comes back, and but um, they prayed in front of her during the bubonic pr- plague.
1: Oh, I didn't so know that. So maybe you should go another down plague there icon. And
0: pray, yeah. So go down there and pray. Good idea titular church so you know that i love my titular churches and this was no one's titular church for a a short bit because cardinal terron of france who um you might have remembered him from kind of the past conclaves he was kind of the head carmelingo of of i think the last conclave maybe but um he died and so it was his titular that guy so it was yeah the french guy yeah (laughs) so it was do you have a story? No,
1: I don't have a story. It's just okay. funny when he was in the Conclave. That's all. Just He made us laugh a few oh. times. Oh, okay. But no When story. you were in there with him? Yeah, when I was hanging out in the Sistine Chapel.
0: In the Conclave. Yeah. <laughs> but So it wasn't anybody's titular church, but in this recent um, consistory, The Pope made um, Father Cantalamesa, who it was the famous preacher to the papal household. Very charismatic, wonderful preacher. If you can get any of his books or read any of his homilies, he's just very, yeah, very anointed by the Holy Spirit. But it's his titular now. So he was just given this church. So it's Cantalamesa's titular currently.
1: Cool. I didn't know that.
0: So, yeah. Do you know the mob connection?
1: No, I don't think I know the mob connection.
0: So there's a mobster that was buried here before Opus Dei got the church. Um, And Opus Dei has done a lot of renovations. So over time, you know, if people aren't really using the church and it kind of falls into disuse. But so for a while, it wasn't Opus Dei's church. And um, the mob boss, the Enrico de Paris from the Roman mob was buried here because he helped the poor. And now he's not. They they took him out of the church. He is not oh. buried in the church. But at the time, like shortly after that, there was the Vatican scandal of the diplomat's daughter who got kidnapped and has mm-hmm. disappeared, and we still don't know what happened. Right. So they there was rumors that Emanuele was buried with Enrico. Like they, they hid her body in his tomb in the church. So they had to, like, dig not dig him up because he was, you know, in the church, but they, you know. Unearthed opened his tomb. Yeah. yeah, To make sure her body wasn't in there too. So some little scandal straight out of a Vatican intrigue novel. She wasn't in there though. No. So
1: And now nobody's in there. So yeah,
0: that's all in this church.
1: (laughs) Cool. I didn't know that. But
0: he's not in there anymore. He was buried in a cemetery somewhere.
1: Did they just like take him out unceremoniously? Like I think they're like "Mm, this this mob boss
0: doesn't belong in this church. Hmm. So
1: I wonder how so the mob yeah. felt about that. Yeah. Did they try to blow it up or anything? They don't like to be disrespected. I, I
0: heard. That's true. Hmm. I haven't. I haven't heard.
1: So watch for car bombs so, the next time you visit this church because you never know yeah. when they're going to get even. Yeah. How long ago was this? I, I don't know this at all.
0: Um, it was recently.
1: I mean, I remember the um, diplomat daughter story, but I don't. I didn't know about the mob connection.
0: Yeah. Um. So he was murdered in 1990.
1: Oh, yeah, that is. And recent. then it was in
0: 2012. It sounds like that the speculation was that she was in there with him. Oh,
1: so not like a hundred years ago. This was like no,
0: <laughs> no. This is modern <laughs> intrigue. Yeah. So, but it was before the Opus Dei was in charge. Um, just to you be keep clear, telling like there were us no that. there were no albino <laughs> monks. <laughs> I love Shoney. Opus Dei. Yeah. Oh,
1: so, but yeah, and so anyway. Santa Croce, that's one of the pontifical universities. Most of our seminarians, you'll hear that they go to either the Angelicum or the Gregorian, but there are some that end up at Santa Croce and go to school here. So, if you have any seminarians that studied in Rome, there's a small chance that this was their school.
0: That's a good clarification to make. So often when we talk about the North American College, I think our American ears think the North American College is where our seminarians go to school, because that's how we would define college. But the North American College is actually where the seminarians live. And they may take classes in like spiritual direction or do kind of spiritual formation there, but they're getting degrees. They're going to school elsewhere throughout the city. And so they're going to the Greg or they're going to the Ange, wherever your bishop decides they should go. Um, When we mentioned earlier that we had both been to Mass at this church, it's because one of the seminarians for Nashville, who's now a priest and our assistant vocation director, went to Santa Croce for school. He graduated from Santa Croce. And so he chose to celebrate a Mass of Thanksgiving, or rather to deacon a Mass of Thanksgiving as his first Mass as a deacon. So he was ordained in Rome. This will happen with the North American College guys. They're often, not always, but often ordained deacons in St. Peter's. And then the next day, they will celebrate a Mass of Thanksgiving and deacon that Mass. So it's not their first Mass because they're not priests, but they'll deacon. And so they get to choose a church that is close to them, that maybe has been a part of their formation. So it's a little distinction about the North American college. I think that's helpful because we just, as Americans think, oh, the college is where they go to school, but it's actually where they live. And then they go to school other places.
1: Very good, Joni.
0: I like how you compliment me when I go on like long, like rants and then you're like, very good.
1: Well, I don't know what else to say. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) that's correct
0: so yes
1: okay so tomorrow i love tomorrow's church it's one of my favorites it's one of the most unique in rome i don't go there a lot but when i'm there i love it so it's
0: very unique different than any of the other churches we've been to
1: different than any other church in rome very very unique yeah Yeah. you've cocked your head to the side
0: it's a little. It's kind of close. It's similar to Santa Costanza, but that's outside the walls, so that's good.
1: I guess it's similar to that one.
0: <laughs> but no, that's it's a like, great church. That's more like and, a
1: chapel at a church, almost. That's though.
0: true. That's true. Yes, that's, you're it's, right.
1: It's outside the Church of San Agnese, where the catacombs are, and so there's a chapel. I guess it's a church built to. It's a
0: similar style. Yeah, it's a similar but style. Not, not as yeah, not as amazing as this. Right.
1: And so. so you love when I compliment you. I love when you shoot me down. Like, yeah, this is the most unique <laughs> church in Rome. Well, actually, it's a <laughs> little like this one. Thanks, Joni. Yes.
0: That's why I can't they wait love for listening tomorrow. to
1: us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I'm excited to hear your thoughts on this church because it's not one. I think I've been there once, maybe. Um, so I'm excited to hear your, your thoughts.
1: Oh, I better prepare so. some thoughts then. I just yeah, like it. Get to it. Okay. <laughs> All right, people.
0: Okay. Bye, everyone. Ciao, ciao. Ciao. Ciao.